Today's episode is brought to you by Audible, where Audible. you can find some, some of your, fi- your favorite. Go on, Alex. Tell me what you got. Listen to some of your favorite audiobooks with Audible, whether it be fiction, nonfiction, almost kind of, sort of, stranger than fiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got, uh, we've, we're asking a huge favor. Please use the uh, link uh, audibletrial.com forward slash March. You can help support the show. We're really just looking to continue providing the episodes for you. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a way you can uh, support us by uh, using the link, following your favorite shows, your self-help books, personal development books, fantasy, fiction, my personal favorite, The Martian. Uh, if I'm being very honest, Andy Weir's The Martian is probably one of the greatest audiobooks on the it's planet. Great audiobook. Yeah. Use this. Well, we get, we get $15 of commission on each sign up audibletrial.com forward slash March if you want to support fact, the show. I gotta be honest, I've been loving listening to audiobooks lately. I've Audible. been listening to audiobooks when I'm, uh, well right now I'm not commuting to work, but I've been listening to audiobooks when I commute to work. I've been listening to audiobooks while I clean my house and do housework and when I fall asleep. Having an Audible subscription has been pretty stellar. Audible trial. Frankly, using a, a free book from another podcast was what got me kickstarted on it, so I, I recommend I choose Audible because, heck, twice as fast as me looking at the words. Yeah, there you go. Literally, uh, as, twice. as not an avid reader, uh, I, I'll do other things and listen to it. But anyways, yeah, audibletrial.com forward slash March. Support the show. Thank you guys for listening. Let's play the show. Get it. We're live. Welcome we back. We are live. Welcome back after a much, much needed visit to Siesta Key. Just kidding. It's called Pacific City. The gang took a nice little mini, mini, mini isolation vacation to take some time to reflect on our life choices, but more importantly, just kind of party by ourselves in a small contained environment and just kind of have some fun, listen to our favorite music. But without further ado, the March and Mitch show is back this time <laughs> with the vitriol of a Molotov cocktail, the anger of 10,000 raging rhinos, and about as much emotional availability as a house cat. We're right back at it again <laughs> with the March and Mitch show. Once again, we've got Mitchell Herring, Celine Stannis Pond, and myself, Alexander Marchewski. Who's, who's this guy's creative writer? Like, I want to get him on my shit. Like, what? Zoinks. This, yeah. Uh, we're getting gypped on our ends. Ooh, let's not say that, though. Why? Uh, gypped is a slur against uh, gypsy and Romani people. Oh, wow. Why'd you have to take it to that place? Hey, it's good to educate and it's yeah. good to inform. It's all good. <laughs> we are nothing if not accountable on this show. Uh, see, that's where I'm I, just making claims and seeing what sticks. Mm, that's where I just want to say even more outlandish things. But t- now is not the time. It's so, all go. It's like it's like they said in that episode of Kingdom Hearts. He, <laughs> he who knows nothing can understand nothing. So it's good to, you know, hey, educate, produce knowledge and inform. This week, <laughs> this week we're going to talk to you about uh, probably one of my favorite artists of the week's. 
Uh, we've had it in a minute. This band is loud, angry, and has just some B-A-L-L-S as far as when it comes to just some musical mid-range. We're going to talk to you about uh, current events and different things happening in the social climate of America and the rest of the world. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, just different uh, internet uh, happenings as well as uh, just different matters involving uh, strange, strange happenings with the internet, uh, cell service and uh, self-harm and suicide prevention this week. We're going to talk to you about a nostalgia piece. Nostalgia trip of the week is going to take us back to a day where Keanu Reeves was the Keanu Reeves of Keanu Reevesings. I was going to say, <laughs> the Keanu Reeves we all know now uh, and love and admire and respect and wish he was our dad. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. <laughs> Keanu, Keanu is just, oh man. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just he is a champion of wholesomeness, but he's also the just the poster poster man of ass whooping. He he really is a renaissance man. And our Murchiski's Brewski of the week, we're gonna talk to you about a cool uh, local Hood River beer that's uh, pretty simple on taste, and will hopefully get you excited for some simply nice times uh, floating the river this summer. So let's get into it. First up, we have our artist of the week. Artist of the week. Wow. Welcome. 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 That was that was well well said. Yeah. So much and so many things all at once. It'd be like that sometimes. You know what I forgot to do? I messed up. You can blame me on this. I, no, didn't, it's okay. I didn't set up the audible thing. Baby boy, it's okay. Oh, I, I know. I fucked up. Baby boy, it's okay. God, only God forgives, but I'm, I'm going to make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm godlike or anything. I just I just feel like you know, more than God should forgive. Like friend, Friends can forgive each other. So you're going to get mad at me for saying Jip, but you're going to let him slide with the God reference? Who is it offensive to? God? That's not the point. I'm, I'm going to get hit by a lightning bolt yeah. on the way home now. <laughs> That's his business. All right. Well, there you have it. Should we name drop audible? Are we supposed to name no, no, no. We don't have that set up yet. I, I messed up, but we will. Just keep in mind. On this week's Artist of the Week, we're going to talk to you about the Fever 333. That's right. The Fever 333. Coming at you a from a lot of fevers. Yes, coming at you from the ashes of Let Live and the post-hardcore rock alternative rap scene. We have the Fever three three three. I was visiting uh, my co-host to hang out. We were talking about uh, man, what are we gonna do for the artist of the week this week? And they came at us right ahead with this band. I noticed the voice right away. I'm like, wait a minute. That's Jason Allen Butler. I had seen uh, Jason Allen Butler's last band, Let Live, on tour with The Used. And they just had this, like, not only this lyrical vitriol, but just this energy that is reminiscent of not only bands like Rage Against the Machine, but just made you want to think of, like, you know, just some good protest rock and roll in your face, you know, just taking the glass shards and freaking walking over them just to deliver that fist of justice. Deliver that fist of emotional freaking just anger and yeah. justice and just uh it's really cool to actually have a band bump into my speakers that makes my blood pump again that makes me feel something i lost uh, a while back i love mosh pits i love mosh pits because it's it's some safe legal contained violence and uh this just makes me want to jump back in the pit again uh celine what can you tell us about the fever 333 
Well, I'm going to say I've got a little bit of a feather in my cap because usually it's you showing us amazing music, Alex. But Ooh. I had the opportunity to show Alex the Fever 333. This is um, fact. And I, so I first discovered them literally like it was just one of those totally random moments where you're just driving down the road and the radio plays something that you're like, holy fucking shit, I need to pull over and find this on YouTube so I can save it and listen to it more. And I listened to it on uh, repeat a bunch. The song was uh, Made in America. And hey. that I, I, I'm not sure what you ended up deciding on to play this week, but I... Uh, I absolutely recommend that song to anybody who's listening um, because it just, it really, I think that their music really encapsulates a mood that's been building for the last several years, likely globally, but specifically in America of, you know, I think that we had a lot of music that was, you know, kind of generally ragey, but didn't really point a lot of specific fingers. And this music very clearly articulates the problem is with, a police state, the problem is with police violence, the problem is with a capitalist country where poor people are neglected and people of color are neglected at the benefit of white upper class Americans. And so it just so cogently articulates that with such like a melodic backdrop. You really like, you fall in love with the, the guitar in the back, you fall in love with everything about it. And then the lyrics also just like, so make you want to go out there with the protesters. And this, this song came out a few that. years ago, but it just, it so hits all the points we're seeing today. This is, this is so current, this is so relevant, and it is profoundly resonant in what's happening in our communities with all the people out there who are protesting, and uh, my best wishes, and I'm projecting my second body as a silhouette to protect all those amazing protesters out there. If you're out there, please know what you're doing, and uh, protect each other, be good to one another, and know why you're out there, and that's why with the song of the week, with our artist of the week, we are going to play Made in America by... The Fever 333. Hit him. Hit him with the ones and twos, Mitch. My cooties. What do you mean? We're getting well, married. Shut up. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to yes. Marion County's first married gay news team. It's Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. Love you guys. Is that full? First oh. married oh. gay news team. Why would that? Why would I go get another full beer when that one's full? I don't know. Why do you have two half drink of beer? Anyway, welcome back. That was Fever 333. We're bringing you the kick butt rock smashing pants on fire liar liar music that bumps your grandma's coffin. How do you feel? It freaking does. Oh, I fucking love it. I love it. Love so it. Love it. It not only bumps your grandma's coffin, it like wakes up your undead grandma, slaps it into freaking 3,020. That's how yeah, it feels. Like it literally like brings your grandma back to life so that she can come to the riots. Literally, literally. And grandma that's... wakes up, like sits bolt upright and she's like, fuck the police. 
This brick just like appears in her hand. She throws it through the moratorium window. I thought we promised we wouldn't go political with this one. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. We're bumping around in an all black hearse made out of justice. And we're <laughs> Seriously, the favorite 333 kind of spawned out of the ashes of, like I said, I had mentioned a group called uh, Let Live, and I'd seen Let Live on tour with Jason Allen Butler. His band just really slaps, really good rhythms, beats reminiscent of like, you know, Tom Morello's side projects, Rage Against the Machine, even some newer artists. Wait, I like. whoa, back up, back up. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. You caught my ear. Yeah. So that was my biggest uh, my biggest issue with this band. I was just like, because we I was comparing it to Rage. Correct. Back up. Hold on. What about Morello? I was gonna say some of like the what, what I think of is like the inspiration. Yeah, yeah, Tom Morello was an innovator, and I like that in the sense that he's an innovator on guitar. This band is starting to begin to innovate, just you know, politically conscious music. But not, without stealing too much from its predecessors, like Rage. Ah, I see. I yeah, see yeah. that. We we argued about this for like a while. There's a, there's a clear lineage, but it's not. Yeah. My 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 debate was the, the lyricism and complexity of Rage was was exactly complicated in the '90s as it's supposed to be because the, the only yeah. the only way they could get radio play back then, not to take away from Fever Three Three, just you know, side tangent, real quick. Mm-hmm. Please, please. Yeah, is is the only way they could get radio play as if that it was over the heads of the people listening to the radio, aka you know, like government and stuff, and so they ah. like bulls on parade and shit. Like the only way they were getting radio play is to have stuff that was like you know, pocket full of shell. Like nobody knows what that means. <laughs> I mean, we, I genuinely, when I was a kid and I heard that on the radio, I genuinely thought, Run around the family! About, like, this is good info. A dude with Thank a pocket full of shells. Like, I mean, that's some kind of political, like, it has to do with, like, Paul, like, oh, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not going to speak on it because I, I don't know personally, but, but yeah. That makes sense because I, I yeah. was saying that my criticism of rage, and I wasn't saying it as, like, a, and therefore I don't like rage, just like, this is my observation, is it's, yeah, it's extremely vague. Like, you know, <laughs> this the, made in America. One of my favorite lines in this is um, government given ghettos that crack rock making quotas off baking soda and mass shock. They this ain't a theory. I saw it happening on my Dang. block. Yeah. And you know, that's a very specific call out, right. you know, and it's, you know, it, it, one of the other lines is um, cop cars, true killers. And they're still at large. Yeah. Like they are very Damn. decidedly pointing the finger, and I like the specificity. See, and I don't. And that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a. Valid- I like the bravery. I kind of, I kind of vibe with my co-host on this one. With the, the bravery to be that poignant and be that specific, it takes guts. Yeah, it takes some guts. <laughs> he, he says, "I've uh, <laughs> not subtract- You have two co-hosts, Alex. It's not just <laughs> hey. the other one. You can't just say I agree with my co-host. You have two. We have two here. This is correct. And in, in all in all literacy. You've been demoted to feature. <laughs> Mitchell's the producer. I've like, lost he's control like, of my own show. He's like <laughs> he's, he, is, he is both the fire lord and the thunder. Baron. I knew this day would come. I just wasn't I just didn't know it would be so soon. It was it was all of a sudden a blink of the eye. I was overthrown by my by my beautiful uh my beautiful stars that have bloomed into such wonderful Host. Um, Mitch, Mitch Looker, please, please, my, my mans, please, please, baby boy, you can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. But yeah, so the indirectism of you know rage versus the directism of Fever 333, I think I appreciate the complexity of the writing 
in Rage over three, 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 three. This is like, great commentary. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, Hell yeah, dude. No, fair enough. I don't yeah. frequently yeah. have musical opinions, but Rage is like one of those five bands I listen to. Dude, for- you're so tr- you're so correct though. Yeah. And that went over. I, I didn't even pick up on that. You're so fucking correct. I had to listen to a lot of Rage because uh, I used to like love listening to Muse, and Muse would always play Rage Against the Machine riffs between yeah. songs <laughs> to make it like sound heavy and cool. Yeah. And then you go listen back to like Zach De La Rocha and fucking and Tom Morello and all the dude, shit they've been so through. Dude, he's so woke. Like they like oh, super yeah. woke. Tom Morello especially. Yeah. Dude. No, dude, I uh, I actually Sirius Satellite Radio had a thing with Tom Morello the other day where he like took over the station and played Sweet. like all his favorite music and inspirations. Yeah. He is the night watchman. And he was invited all. to have people that were like important to his like musical formation on the show. And at one point he had his mom. Oh, He's like, yeah, mom's oh, 86. Mom's still a fucking badass. Like, and I guess Tom Morello's mom is just incredibly involved and always has been in, in different types of political activism. Oh, there you go. Well, that's awesome. And same with Zach DeLaRocca, actually. He and uh, he and his mother actually both have always been involved in a lot of political activism. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like the interview that we watched. Right. I mean, like, again, the interview was what? It was in 1990. I sh- was, was the year? I forget what the year was. It, it was, was either 92 or 96. And he's, was he's talking about the, uh, the, 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 that's like 30 years ago now, right? Right on. And it's this old, and it's very popular. It's this old radio. It's like this like film, old ghetto camera for this news crew. And he's talking about the inequality in wealth and how it stems classism and how, you know, that's what is, is the great divide. Like, of course, there's other things going on, right? And especially right now, all those things matter. But it's like, mm-hmm. but it's built into the system and it's built in through money. And that's yes. where all of it is. And, and that's kind of like their whole point is like the cyst, like rage against the machine. The machine is money. And even Pink Floyd, you know. And that, uh, I like another, your stance. Yeah, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, money, you know, so it's, uh, it's the root of all evil. And all those bands back in the day, like they knew they've been talking about. None of this is new. Like it's just it's just new now because people have been at home and had time to think about it. And have, it's it's like it's good. Finally, finally, we're yes. doing that and point, that torch is burning. Yeah, that finally. point yep. actually that reminds me of we that other political. song that. <laughs> but it's really music quick. related. It's, it's music really related. Quick. Though, so song, I'm happy. Good point. I like that, that song. Reminds me of the other song that you didn't care for, but I want to show it to you at some point, Alex. Um, Don't it's good. tell it's, me what I cared for. You said you didn't like it. Which one? Uh, so it was "All Lives Matter" by Body Count. Oh yeah, I didn't like that. Are, one. are you familiar with? But Body I do Count? like the I do like all the people in it. I just didn't like the song. So Body Count is so Ice T. Oh, is yeah. the lead singer of oh. this metal band? What? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. But Ice yeah, so the the, uh, the basically the, yeah. the main thesis of of this song, all Li- or uh, no lives matter by uh, by body count. Yeah, is basically the writing. You know, like powerful. he's saying, like yeah, the the lyrics are are really powerful. I think if you look them up. Yeah. Um, okay. But he's basically saying, like yes, you know, minorities are disproportionately targeted for things, but it's also because we see minorities as being synonymous with poor people. Yes. And what's really the conclusion is that it's it's money that protects and money that right. keeps these these systems of power based on on racism, based on if you can hire a lawyer, you can get out sexism. You, you can hire a lawyer, you can get out of anything. You know, if you've got twenty five G's to throw down on a lawyer, there's no DUI that's gonna stick to you. There's no, you know, uh, minor offense that you That you're is not, frightening. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like when I think of that's, yeah, the, I mean, that's the point. It's like how, you know, I, I know we were kind of focusing on race. And your but dad's like, a lawyer. Yeah. But I was thinking of, you know, even though we were focusing on race, I was thinking about how, like, you know, when you look at congresswomen who are advocating for laws to restrict abortion access. Yeah. Those same women are they would still have access to abortion in a world where abortion is completely criminalized. Like they are the women who would still and their family members would be able to get access to safe, reliable abortions. Yeah. 
Because they're the ones who have money. Rich oh, right, women have right. never had like, to worry where? about access to abortion. And through, and through the all abortion this, argument yeah. is only about poor people. Now, this is a conversation another, I'm, I can get behind because I have, yeah, money, money, money. Not a fan. That's, and, that's and, what it's about, man. And Celine and Mitchell, thank you both so much for communicating that because for both of your just accounts, I can see now that in these, in these systems, there's lots of power and there's lots of money. And the people that have the power and the money, they're abusing it. They're twisting it. They're corrupting things to kind of make Jeffrey things Epstein, work Donald out Trump. their own way. Yeah. But bands like the Favor 333 are spearheading, music. They're spearheading the call out. Oh, and that's where this all kind of comes full circle. I like that this band has the so guts goodness. to be specific and calling out the people that are abusing the powers and privileges. The Favor 333 had met up actually through Travis Barker around, yeah. su- around Super Bowl Sunday. Travis, daddy, and freaking we love Link-182 oh, here. Everybody loves here Here at the March and Mitch show. And then, you know, whether it's, whether it's folk music, hip hop, or Afro punk, I really love what the Favor 333 are doing. They've been everywhere from Inglewood, California to doing world tours with Bring Me the Horizon, who I have tattooed on my oh, fucking left yeah, tricep. And it really is just astounding to see that the while this, you know, maybe the torch, the flame on that torch, it'll wane, it'll wax. But the important thing is that <laughs> that torch keeps getting passed down for the power of, of folk music and punk. And that's why this week's artist of the week is the Fever 333. Check them out here. That opening track was Burn It. Check them out on Roadrunner Records, The Fever 333. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you all. Yeah. Lots good. of good music this week. Yeah. Thank you, Celine. And thank mm-hmm. you, Mitchell. As we continue our, uh, our continual, much, much like running a surfboard uh, in Pacific City, which is something I have yet to do. But after seeing the waves crash on the beach, it's something I would like to try someday. Let's, let's instead take the surfboard to the shore and hand it off to our friend Celine Sands Pond. Uh, Celine, what are we going to talk to you, talk about this week in the realm of, uh, you know, cultural, social justice, knowledge and trending topics? What's on your mind this week? So on my mind this week, I've got a, a kind of interesting concept of some researchers that have been using um, uh, artificial intelligence to predict and hopefully prevent suicides wow. and suicide attempts. Okay. Um, I'm realizing as I've, as I've been picking topics for this show, I'm realizing that I'm really interested in AI and space specifically. Or yeah. Two things, things that, that scare I keep me. Honing One in day on. we'll yeah. have Elon Musk on this show. Two things that scare me the most is aliens. That would be, and Joe, that would be something. If Joe Rogan can do it, we can do it. Oh, by the way, just a really quick throwback to a previous episode on uh, Elon Musk and Grimes, their baby. Apparently, they finally decided on an actual name because the California courts were like, you cannot have numbers and weird ass shit in your name. (laughs) Um, So finally, they changed the name from the letter X and the combo (laughs) A-E-A and then hyphen one, two. Yeah. Which was Archangel. Yeah. So it was pronounced uh, X. XASHA12 is how they decided it was pronounced. XASHA12. They've officially decided on X being the first name. So the first name is literally just X. And then the middle name is ASHA12. But it's with Roman numerals because California was like, you can't have numbers. It's going to be really awkward in in high school when they get into gangster rap from the 90s and people start asking, is X going to give it to you? And then this kid can be like, hey, my mom was Grimes. Thank you very much. Like, lay off. <laughs> be my favorite song. Woo. But uh, yeah, so that was a, a fun aside. But uh, interesting. So, yeah, very so cool. I was kind of just browsing today and I found some interesting information about some researchers at a Florida State University who have been using artificial intelligence networks to 
uh, basically take a look at all of the factors that they can garner about a person who has a suicide attempt. Oh, shit. And by analyzing that, kind of see what those important Do factors the data are. that Facebook sells and Google sells. Well, and... in this instance, no. No. So that's something I'm going to kind of go over Sorry. as well as the social I didn't read media the article. And... I sent it over to you to, to research. Right. Yeah. So technically Mitchell is. I'm very interested this, to but... hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah, so, I just I just send things out. I don't do any of the work. You two do all the work here. I just press play. So I've been interested in artificial uh, intelligence and kind of neural networks for a while. Like, I've been always obsessed with, um, I got into, like, recipes written by AI where people would just, yes. like, feed an AI neural network just so <laughs> many fucking recipes. Yeah. And then it would come out with something being, like, yeah. like... You, just ridiculous stuff. I can't even think of it off the top of my head, but just recipes that are literally recipes. not One fourth liquid boil at 400 Celsius. Right, yeah. Take exactly. out of oven. How do you boil it in the oven? Put in container <laughs> right. at three quarters temperature of refrige. I literally, I literally read one what? that was like, add one cup air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The machines play by their own rules, I see. <laughs> oh, good. That one cup of air is... It's vital. Essential. It's vital. Otherwise, it won't exist right. We need the carbon molecule. I want, I, I want a fucking cooking show, like like Top Chef type thing, yeah. but just with recipes that the contestants have to use recipes written by a neural network. Uh, YouTube slash Facebook star Brandon Ferris does a thing called Google Translate, and he takes what? a recipe. Brandon yeah. Ferris? Okay. Yeah. Dude, yeah, he does this thing called Google, Google Translate. He takes a recipe, throws it into Google Translate in a different language, throws it back into English, throws it back into the mm -hmm. language, throws it back into English, and then he fucking bakes the thing. It's probably there's, one of the cleverest, funniest things that I've seen. There's a there's a similar okay. thing. There's a similar thing for uh, it's called Google Sings. This girl who's just got an amazing singing voice plugs popular songs into Google Translate and does Dope. that whole process. Yeah. So she, she did uh, Let It Go from Frozen, <laughs> and it ended up being like, give up. Give up. <laughs> Just yeah. fucking give up. Um, but but yeah, so so anyway, so neural yeah. networks can do a lot of interesting things. Sometimes they're not that successful. But in a situation <laughs> where we're not asking them to it. generate new content, but to analyze existing content, yeah. they're pretty fucking successful. Right. Okay. So what these researchers at Florida State did is they used um, 2 million patients' records from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were all medical records from patients uh, experiencing some type of mental health struggle. Okay. And 3,200, over 3,200 of those 2 million had at some point attempted suicide. Oh my gosh. And so they fed all of those medical data. So basically every single thing that was in each person's, you know, medical report. Um, they fed that through this, uh, this artificial intelligence and that led to this really complex matrix of factors. And I read an AMA with the, the researcher behind all of this. And people kept being like, so what are the factors? What are the factors? Okay. And what she kept coming down to was there's no, you know, there's no like five factors that we can say, oh, well, it's, it's these things that lead to a suicide attempt. It's super complex, which is why AI is necessary for this. Okay. And so using this method based on the results that they've seen as far as, you know, trials and trying to apply it in some type of a clinical setting, they're seeing that this can be this method of using these kind of predetermined factors of the AI spitting out this person's level of risk is this. Okay. It can be up to 80% accurate in predicting really? a suicide attempt up to two years ahead of time. 
Wow. This is Minority Report. We covered that last yeah. week, right? We covered Minority Am I crazy? Did I forget? And, and Brevity, correct. Yes, we did. Yeah. So With the precognition. Dude, uh, straight up. This is yeah. straight up Minority Report. Yeah. And it gets, trippy, it gets yeah. more accurate. Except with AI. Yeah. Except so with it AI. Gets, yeah. It gets more accurate closer to the attempt. So it can... It has 92% accuracy within a week of the upcoming attempt. This is disgusting. It's insane. That's so cool. It's, uh, it's wild. Yeah, uncanny. it raises wow. a lot of questions, but it's really it's it's really cool because it has the potential to be the biggest advancement in the field of suicide prevention yeah. ever. Um, we're talking 50 years of research specifically into what precipitates suicide attempts okay yeah. and how can right. we prevent them right because there's patterns and rec- like there's like if you if you compile enough data and then like put it on a chart right mm-hmm. like there's going to be like every like you're, you know like 80 percent of people did this before this right and like at a computer uh, you know if you're smart enough to build a microsoft excel sheet on the on a massive you know you just plug and play data and like look for the common behaviors and then you right. build the you build the, the AI that looks for these behaviors, and boom, then you've got your, and your his, reporting. And historically, the big three three things that psychiatrists and mental health professionals look for as far as predicting factors are going to be stress, depression, and substance abuse. And not, and that's from what I'm reading. That's basically just a, a flip of the coin. I was like, question, question. Raise my hand real quick. Yeah. Uh, hand. <laughs> thank you. This thing on. Uh, so we were wondering if, um, if when no, but seriously, does does this take an effect? How is this? How is this tracking the people? Like these people that are being reported, you know, like on this list. Like, is it is it taking account of like their daily activities? Like, where is the data that that for this prediction is coming from? Or did they have the sample? Did you say there was a sample of people that they use this on? So where they got the data is it's all in the clinical setting. So we're talking 2 million people in Tennessee who had gone to mental health professionals at some point. So So it was like an involuntary data research. And then the people who like that were predicted to commit or attempt attempted or committed. They were allowed privileged access to everyone's medical records. Wow. Um, Obviously with a lot of HIPAA restraints and everything. But but yeah. Very interesting. Um, but one thing that they that they we, people have found because I think that one major criticism will be like okay so that works really well for people who have sought help at some point yeah yeah or who have anything documented right but what about the people who don't get that they get that FEMA chip put in you bro but, because right yeah Bill Gates that's why yeah. he gave us all coronaviruses so that he could give us all the vaccine with if the chip. we can just get chips implanted we can everyone can have good mental health they'll just track us and and they'll just uh, you know send medication to our doorstep but so so get this though. So you might say like these people who are likely to attempt suicide at some point might not be seeking help. But according to a wide body of research, 60 to 90 percent of people who attempt suicide have seen a doctor yeah. at some point in the previous year. Just bad, it's just bad health care. Even if it yeah. wasn't for mental health issues, they could have gone in just to get their blood pressure checked, you know. But this system, first of all, it gives more data because, you know, even if they just go, go in to get their blood pressure checked, there's, you know, going to be these these medical indicators of of problems as well as the opportunity for the doctor to ask about it. Right. And so that gives more data for this this AI to draw on. Mm-hmm. But second of all, once it's implemented, that person can walk into the doctor's <clears throat> office saying like, "Hey, my elbow hurts when I do this," and the doctor Depression. can be like, "Okay, well, don't do that." But <laughs> also, I see since you've you've come in here, I see that right now, based on your previous history, you're scoring at a pretty high 
likelihood uh-huh. of, of self-injury. Good. What's going on? No, don't like that. No, don't like that. So, I mean, this is super so, good, but no, yeah, don't like no, that. This is it's very, con- it, it, there's a lot of... Does that freak you out a little? It does freak me out. Yeah, it freaks me same. out. It's like, it's like being put on suicide watch without being asked to be <laughs> without, put on no, suicide with, watch. With, yeah, it's just, like not even knowing it's... I mean, this is going to yeah. be a great well, and thing. That's, that's one of the major concerns is that, that I was reading about, and I actually read an article who the woman literally said we're getting dangerously close to minority report territory because Fuck. she was talking about the possibility of people being yes. voluntarily hospitalized. This is why I do podcasts. This, you is, know, this, somebody, this is such a good topic. Like imagine somebody walks into the ER because yeah. they broke their big toe. Yeah. And the doctor says like, cool, I fixed your toe, but also there's a high likelihood that within the next six months you're going to attempt suicide. So you're going to be institutionalized for a few days for <coughs> observation. That's a scary potential reality. The, the basis for that is extremely frightening. I mean, I, I understand why it's good to regulate, you know, first of all, because suicide is is illegal. It is illegal to kill yourself. Am I, is that correct? I think in Do some we, states it still is. In some yeah. states it is. Okay. So I don't think it's treated as a criminal act in most okay. states. Okay. Interesting. I, I'm interested in hearing more about what you guys have to say about this topic. Um, a good example would be like... Uh, what, you know, uh, uh, Mitchell. Okay, this is something Mitchell and I would vibe on. You know, you remember like Don Vito from the, from yeah, the damn show? Yeah. So he did some bad shit and he had to go to a court for a while and he sure was did. he yelled at one of his court hearings, just fucking kill my ass already. Yeah, yeah. And after that, he was put on suicide watch. Yeah, right, right, right. So, you know, based, oh, so if, 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 how much control would these precognitive detectives have? Would they be able to like see your entire mm-hmm. day? I'm guessing. Think? I'm guessing that with a with a formula that complicated, there's it's gonna Yikes. be it's gonna be over years. It's not gonna just okay. be like you oh know, yeah. You're not just gonna be like I want to die, and they're gonna be like suicide watch now. Go go go, blue team. No, it's gonna be like you know years of uh, documented. Uh, micro aggressions mm-hmm. and things like that, where it's, you know, like you know, the posts on online probably eventually will get there. You know, posts like you know, being like, I just can't take it anymore. Like I just like I'm so done with mm-hmm. this. Like things, saying things like and that, like little things, uh, behaviors that get tracked by your doctor. Like you've got mm-hmm. like uh, frequent uh, frequent trips to the doctor for depression. And you you know you you go in and you tell your doctor and you're like I'm just not doing good, man. And you know all these things that are gonna get compiled into okay. like a portfolio that's eventually gonna get used against you to make sure you don't off yourself when no one's looking because you don't want that and that's really bad. I respect your your I respect not only your sentiments but the message you're communicating here, Mitchell. Thank you so much for sharing. And I really like I like what you're. What did I say? You're, you're saying that you just I feel like there's a level of care that you're you're providing. You want like I feel like you want us to know mm-hmm. like you know like hey like people care about you out there. You big know, facts. No matter how well, big yes, or small. Well, yes, it is, dude. I don't know. No matter, just, no matter how significant your life is to anyone. Yeah, you always seek help. Like you yeah. know, like I've been sad all my life. That makes but me like, feel cool. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, see, this would get tracked. <laughs> and one thing they would that, play, play the clip real quick. Like, play the clip. My Doctor's just like, I'm just sad, mom. I like you hear that. So like, right, that exhibit A. Well, and it's <laughs> what I did want to talk about. So there's two more things I want to hit on in this really quickly. Mm-hmm. So the first one is I do really quick because mental health is obviously uh, really tenuous and slippery. Um, and a lot of us do have a hard time sometimes. So I do want to give one quick resource, which is the crisis text line, um, which if you ever need to reach out because you're in crisis go ahead and hit up the number 741741. You can have a confidential text. Um, it's so confidential that if you type them the word loofah, they, like as in like the scrubby that you use yeah. on your body in the shower, yeah. they immediately scrub all of your data from all of their databases. Wait, so you text in. It's a text service. Yeah, it's a text service. So you text so 741741. Mm-hmm. It's like a short code. Exactly, yeah. It's a short code. That's not a full and, number. 
Right. Okay. So if I'm if I'm in crisis and this this number is designed, they they respond to everybody who writes in, but it's designed to be used for when you're in a moment okay. of crisis. Text where in, don't call and got it. You're imminently about to self harm yeah, or yeah, yeah. or divorce. Um, and it's an interesting one because they also have been using AI in their service, mm-hmm. which is especially helpful because it's all written, so it's super easy for the computer to analyze all of it. Ooh. But one thing that they found that was kind of interesting is, um, you know, you were talking about these outbursts of what if somebody was just like, I, you know, I... Don vetoed it. Just, just fucking <laughs> kill me already. Just, if you just went on a Don Vito. Yeah. They found, so they identified like 50 words that they expected to be, you yeah. know, triggers of this person is going to need what they call an active intervention, which uh-huh. is where the person on the other end of the, you know, the person working for the crisis line calls 911 and has first responders show up to your home Understood. to prevent an active right. suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so they found, they thought that words like, um, kill, die, suicide. Oh man, they better not be listening to the GBC. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> but yeah, they thought that words like that were going to be the biggest predictors, but it turned out to be, um, innoc- more kind of seemingly, seemingly innocuous things like, right. um, people who specifically mention ibuprofen or Advil. Whoa, don't come at my really? Advil like that, bro. Advil's been yeah, there for well, me since day one. Okay, well, you also really? don't text the crisis line mentioning that you've got a whole bunch of Advil, Oh, right? like that. Yeah, yeah. I only take so four people, at a time, bro. So four like, at a time. Saying, uh, you know, specifically using Advil or ibuprofen indicates Can that, that you're 14, you? 14, yeah, 14 times more likely to have an active suicide attempt with, than somebody who the, says something like cut. Right. Like cut is much more nondescript. So if you're using those nondescript words, it turns out that you're less of a risk. Okay. Yeah. Not so laughing. I'm not laughing. Of, I'm just. They've ad, got a lot of fascinating ad data. Advil's more dangerous than cutting. Well, it's as far as what you're saying and what it means that you're going to do. Okay. If you're. If, I obviously. This is outside, so context this this is outside this my realm. I'm sorry. So I'll if be I'm, quiet. If I'm sitting here and I'm texting the crisis line because I'm in crisis and I say, I just want to die. Yeah. They are able to recognize that as much as I might be in a lot of pain at that moment. Uh-huh. It's unlikely that I'm actually going to do something to act. On I that. apologize. Whereas if I, I say I just want to take all of the Advil I've got here, okay, you're 14 times more likely than somebody who says so. It's more I'm going to cut myself. Right. It's a more yeah. thank you. Thank you for helping us understand yeah. the context. No, right. I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, I know, you know they I got didn't know all you sorts could of fun research like from that. that. I didn't yeah. know you could hurt yourself like that. This is how this is how cloud level I live in. You know, I live in a like car, Alex. I live in, we live in cartoons basically. So we, li- literally, it is the year twenty twenty, yeah. and we still don't have a permanent <laughs> hair loss solution. And I still can't use I still can't use my phone for yeah. my eyes. Bald but more, boys. But more importantly, on the subject, Celine, this is really cool of you to to share this. And as someone you know who's who's been through like the lowest of the lows, and I've seen my friends go through some of the lowest of the lows. You know, whether it's been just you know, life life is just one bad thing after another, and it just piles up. You know, do you think having these precognitive abilities, whether it be through just uh, just the c- computer system analyzing these tells, kind of like these, like like mm-hmm. kind of like foreshadowing. Yeah. Would you? How, but, but personally, do you feel like it's more important? Should should we invest more money into this, or do you think it's more important that we would kind of like like Mitchell had mentioned with like the Minority Report scenario? Would you rather have the money go into seeing like you know you know vicious crimes be predicted before they happen? Versus mm. the the crimes against herself. I think this is probably better. Like this makes yeah. way. There's no right or wrong answer. I was just no. I'm, I would say I think that this is a more valid form of research. Okay. Um, you're not putting at other people for harming other people. That's such a crazy thing to prove in the right. movie. Versus like there's like heart. They have a they they've got the foundation built. Yeah. And it, and it seems like it's working. But I do think that there's some valid concerns about this as a 
you know, th- something we could actually employ. Uh, so one thing I, I wanted to talk about a little bit is the social media angle on this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so one uh, author. Well, you sign all of your rights away as soon as you sign. It's a free service and you, yeah. you pay with your data. So like there really isn't any argument there. Like if well, you have and, social media, you're free game. Uh, yeah. And so uh, Facebook actually already has models to identify yeah. people who are at risk of some type of self-harm. And, and they advertise help for it, I'm sure. Right, they do. Yeah, no, they give you like pop-up banners with, you know, you're not alone, call yeah. this number <laughs> yep. type things. Exactly. Um, and they've got it so honed and so kind of frankly invasive that it's literally like, Alex, if I message you and I'm like, hey, are you okay? Facebook can identify that message and based on your patterns of behavior, they can say like, is Alex depressed? Should we start like prompting these messages for Alex? Yeah. And yeah. So it's and it's something that a lot of, you know, I have a friend who is um, pretty like constantly suicidally depressed. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But and she, you know, she battles it every day, but she needs to vent a lot. And people are constantly she like constantly like posts things like, listen, please, nobody report me to Facebook jail. I'm not going to do anything right now. I just really need to vent about where where my head's at right now. That seems healthy. And she always gets reported to Facebook <laughs> jail. And so it's like a resentment, like cat and mouse game between, you know, people like that and Facebook. And some people really just, they just need to vent and stuff. I had been through some trauma last summer where I felt like no matter how many times I called up my best friend from back home or my, my best friend who lives in, in Hollywood, I just felt like no matter how much I vented about it, you know, I just couldn't really uh, get over it. You know what I mean? It's It really is a chemical thing. People like my younger brother, Sean, say yeah. it takes... 72 days or like three and a half something months for, for, for uh, lost trauma to exit your brain. But you know, however you choose to cope yeah. is, is up to you and it's mm-hmm. your choice and it's different for everyone. So the fact that, you know, something as, as simple as a Facebook algorithm can predict that it's, it's not only, it's, it's a little bit spooky, but we it's like also to think like, we're complex creatures, but we're not dude. We're, Anthony, we're super one crazy case yeah. study that I was yeah. reading is Anthony Bourdain's Twitter. Oh my gosh. So in the, I want to hear about this. They analyzed the six months leading up to his suicide. Okay. And um, you know, pretty much none of his posts. Anthony Bourdain, the uh, explain. He would travel and like he would like his he had the dream job. Like we just go Uh, eat 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 fancy food from all over the world and go travel. Yeah. Uh, Travel channel. Travel channel. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he hung out with Bear Grylls. He hung out with Bear Grylls. He did uh, (laughs) no reservations. I live under a rock. These these words don't mean things. Great show. We'll actually watch that. But yeah, so Anthony <laughs> Bourdain um, committed suicide a couple years ago, and he they so they this author who's analyzing how we can use AI to predict and prevent suicide ran all of his tweets over the six months leading up through mm. his his AI machine, and the AI was like, "Bro, catch this shit." Basically, like, <laughs> so basically, over the course of the six somebody months, somebody get him some help, yo. What are you doing for the first five months? His moods, you know, yeah. very, very much fluctuated, right. and he was only posting stuff. You know, he didn't say anything that was like, "I'm, I'm so sad," or "I'm so lonely," or "I'm done with all of this." You well, know, yeah. there's nothing. Nobody does. They never do, though. Like, I mean, for the exactly. most part, right? And you so, what I thought was really cool about the lines, this. read yeah. between the lines. And what I thought was really cool about this was it did precisely that. So even though he didn't say anything this specific, it read between all those lines, and so I identified that twenty days before his death. Okay. He was posting about, you know, uh, the Prince of England's uh, wedding and uh, supporting Harvey Weinstein's victims. Like he was posting about stuff that wasn't about his own mental health. Uh But 20 days before his death, 
is when this algorithm identified that his mood took a significant turn for the worse yeah, into the high happened. risk territory. Right. Whoa. And so even though he wasn't actually talking about whatever had happened, his his phrasing and his verbiage indicated something was wrong. Yeah. And, and we're, that's fascinating we're and scary and, and potentially no, good. No, we're not trained. And, and I mean, as an observer of the highest, you know, nth, nth degree, like, you know, that's all I do is observe. And I'm not claiming to be any good at it. I just feel like that's what I do. Um, personally, I feel like we just, there's so much that could have been that could be taught around like observation of human behavior in like at a young age, and and that's just not a thing. Like you know, social interactions, like nothing's taught about social interactions or like how people are or what. Co- like we were watching 60 Days In today, and there's so much like behind the prison show. Yeah, behind, yeah, I've seen that. That's cool, dude. It's so good. It's a cool Wild. show. Actually, there's so yeah, much yeah. psychology about it, and they start talking about their their pat their their childhood or their traumas or whatever. And uh, this is season one. And in, cool. and, and the police show. officer lady is just like I was a band I was a what was it uh, adopted and, and I lived in foster homes and people rejected me and then her actions in the show are completely uh, indicative of like somebody who has past trauma that would that would act as a way like so it's like you know she's instigating you know these arguments and then pushing people away in the show. So, so they can't reject her, right? So, like, she's like, I hate drama, I hate drama, and then is creating drama in the show and then blaming other people for having drama, you know? It's like, but it's like, you can't control other people, you can only control how you respond to situations. And I think that's something that gets overlooked. So, these people are like, Yeah, everyone else is causing drama, and they're in the center of all the drama, and they have no idea. And these are the things that, like, don't mm-hmm. get taught growing up, and those are like the most important things is how to deal with people. And deal with your response to people. It's hard to teach that, and it's also hard just to call yourself out on stuff. And, it's hard, <laughs> and your friends have a hard time calling yourself uh, each other yeah. out on stuff like that. Social social stuff like that is really challenging. Yeah, and it's difficult. But anyways, and what this AI thing kind of comes down to is it's difficult. It's undertrained. You would hope that psychiatrists at least would be yeah. trained in that. Um, but it also takes into account things like your demographics. Mm-hmm. You know, previous lived experiences outside of just basic social. Does it have family history? It doesn't, but that's another thing that kind of <coughs> came in when I was reading about it. I wasn't going to mention it, but there is a gene um, called SKA five. Yeah, which is a, a uh, something in your DNA. The not that, happy gene. <laughs> yeah, the the big sad gene. The big sad gene. Because oh, there are families. I'm pretty sure we've all experienced the big sad gene here. But there are families where suicide just runs in the family. You yeah, know, that's, that's why I was asking. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's genetic, like alcoholism or addiction or, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, like you are 50 percent, like 50 percent your parents, obviously, genetically speaking. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like whatever in whatever like, society. Yeah. Whatever the atmospheric environment. That you you, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's, you're a you're a what, you, what do you call a melting pot of parents and and your surrounding. But. Ultimately, that's going to form you, the three the three things. So, you know, mm-hmm. anyways. But yeah, so I thought that was a pretty... Uh, what a current event. A pretty interesting, uh, potentially concerning, potentially excellent use of computer intelligence. And we'll interesting. Uh, be interested to see where, where this project goes. Most definitely. It is definitely almost a very, very Twilight Zone-ish, semi-Black yeah. semi Mirror reflection of what's happening today, whether it be our mental health, our social How interactions. How 2020 on brand. And very, very much, <laughs> you know, do we deal with this? Do we deal with this ourselves or do we inherit this stuff? And it is a cool question to see how um, technology 
and precognitive, um, you know, future futures can exist, whether, you know, the government's pumping money into this or it's just simply just a case study that's only happening on paper to see where uh, something like this can happen and we can help eliminate problems before they start. That's a future I'm interested in getting to see. That's a future I can buy into. Whether or not it's scary or not. Yeah. <laughs> whether right. it's good or bad, I don't know. I think it's only in the time will it tell. It could go wrong. It, but, but it definitely it. has the good intentions, I think. I think the, if I mean, certainly these researchers yeah. do. These if researchers you, have the right intentions. It just depends on who does what with that information. Yeah. Yeah. If anything's going to happen, I want it to at least have the, I, the good intention at start. Even if it doesn't end good, I think good intentions are important, at least at the beginning. And I like where your head's at, most definitely. Thank you, Mitchell. And Thank you, Celine, for our current topic. One more time, though, uh, before we jet into our uh, nostalgia trip, uh, Celine, can you please share that, that phone number one more time? Yeah, so that uh, it's it's a text number. So this is specifically for you. the text uh, uh, text cri- uh, Christ text. Woo, Christ text, crisis text, crisis the cereal text. that gets you here. Hotline. Christ text. <laughs> Goodness grief. Okay. So the crisis text hotline number that you should send a text message to is 741741. Seriously, they have amazingly trained people on the other end. They have amazing systems to make sure that you get the help that you need and talk you through whatever you're going through. Super easy way to reach out, especially if, like me, you feel less comfortable talking verbally about your problems and more comfortable talking kind of behind a wall. It's a really excellent resource. I haven't personally used it, but I know people who have. So if that's something that you feel would benefit you, absolutely reach out to them. At a time where some people may not may not feel like they want to talk to their friends about their traumas or their stressors or maybe even their own families because they're too afraid or they're scared, the fact that there is a number like this where you can just have someone to text to that's fucking awesome. Thank you so much, Celine. And thank you so much, Mitchell, for sharing as we continue to go on into this world full of chaos, immersed in a techno crisis ex machina. We're going to do a quick nostalgia trip to reflect on some of the first iterations of a future managed and solely ruled by machines, chaos and nightmare fuel levels of freaking technology and black mirror levels of scariness we're going to talk about this week's nostalgia trip and we'll be right back after this and we're back this week's nostalgia trip is the 1999 cult classic and theater phenomenon that was so woke you didn't even know what you were watching at the time in the theaters i was nine years old the first time this movie came out i was then later several years older, probably like 13 when I watched it on VHS, when the original was rated R back when the rating system was like, yo, this is fucking weird, yo. (laughs) And then years later down the line, they're like, all right, cool. Like now we have like some more Quentin Tarantino shit. So like PG-13 is cool, bro. Um, We bring you The Matrix. (laughs) Brought to you by the current Wachowski sisters. Um, They uh, have done a great job at narrating, writing, and creating one of the deepest and most intellectually discussed movies of any generation. I think, uh, I think all transcendental, uh, you know, even movies like Inception were inspired by this movie. The, mm-hmm. you know, this movie led the way in 1999. This was not talked about. So no, this is one of those set the stage yeah. for key, this was key. It, it, this was the Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, of- it is the cyberpunk monument. Yeah. The first one trumps all uh, unpopular opinion. No, there's not an unpopular. If you disagree with the first one being the best of the trilogy, then you were smoking the wrong drugs. When you <laughs> <watch this movie. laughs> ah, 
Keanu and also fun fact that they they offered this part Keanu Reeves' part as Neo they offered it to Will Smith first have you heard this such an interesting fact you told me this yeah and Will Smith even openly admits he's like I would have ruined the fucking movie. <laughs> he's like I would. He he picked Wild Wild West over, which was also a great movie. Disagree. Not the, not Dis- the same caliber of the Matrix <laughs> by any stretch. It was but. a corny cash grab ripoff of Men in Black in oh, the Western. It's still baby. fun. It's still fun. It's still fun. We watched. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Will Smith being Neo talking to Morpheus. And I being literally like, cannot. I feel like Will Smith would have hit a home run, but he would have brought like his his tood, like his tood, just just like I feel like maybe you kind of needed some of like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves had to have that stoicism to kind of mm-hmm. be like the the Wachowski brothers had to like kind of mold him like Clay, you know. Whereas if they're like sisters, sisters, sisters. Oh, I, I am. They okay. were brothers when they wrote it, but since then are now the Wachowski sisters, and I think that's important. This, this this is a topic that I missed and I was not, uh, I missed this memo. Okay. I apologize. No, guys. It's okay. My bad. Now I'm, now I'm back on point. Yeah. So it's important to understand that. I feel like, I feel like with, 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 uh, uh we're taking a break from, from getting off with, uh, on, on Ewan McGregor to talk about Keanu for once. Yes. And I feel like he needed to have that, that, that was up yes. level of stoicism mm-hmm. to have, you know, the, the creative team kind of mold him to be, you know, just that huge cyberpunk monument that is, right. The Matrix, and it really is crazy. And you know, looking back at '99 and all that and stuff. And Keanu Reeves, what else was Keanu in in the '90s that we can think of? Oh Jesus! Uh, before The Matrix, he was in uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> before that, um, God, what was what was he in before The Matrix? It was Bill and Ted's bit. Bill and Ted's, and then freaking ah, uh, dang it! Yeah, that was <laughs> like The Matrix was his was his go to. And this? Yeah, like he's got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and then a bunch of stuff I've never heard of, like uh, My Own Private Idaho. Yeah, interesting. He's in Toy Story Four. Yeah, he what? was. He was as a uh, Dirks the uh, Dirks Bentley or something. Uh, not Dirks Bentley. Uh, Duke Duke Nukem the uh, the wild. Yeah, the, he was the wild uh, Canadian daredevil um, before that, and so yes. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, that was that was fun. But that was that was like his, one of his more recent movies. Um, let's see. So he was in the Matrix. I, I'm trying to find an article that that gives me a timeline. Where are you, IMDb? When I yeah, need you. I'm not finding a lot of. It's crazy that you have, you have the tall, you know, raven-haired, lanky kid from Bill and Ted's, and it's like we're gonna turn you into like a cyberpunk like hero frontman, and it's like he's probably just like bra. I'm down for this dude. Like let's do it, bra. Yeah. And I mean, and it's crazy. Well, and then, and then, and then this will blow your mind too, right? So like the Matrix was, he was in Speed as well. You remember like, so see, he was a big deal. So Speed was 1994. Oh, there we go. Okay. I remember Speed. Yeah. 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 If you go under 60 miles an hour, the the bus is going to explode. Keanu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He was in Point Break in 1991. Point Break. That's what, ah, it was was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Point Break. Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, 1992 did Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see that Lake House was like a interesting movie. Let's see. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still, 2008. Uh, oh, I missed that one. Yeah. Let's see. In 2000, this is after anything in the 2000s. He was in, oh, that's an old school movie, River's Edge. So like, yeah, there wasn't like a ton. You know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was 1991. Uh, Walking the Clouds was 1995. Uh, you know, so he's been doing it for a really, really long time. But for the most part, like 
these movies really didn't get any attention. It was really the main, I mean, Bill and Ted was a cult classic. Don't yes, you correct. That was like on level with fucking Biodome. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's the level yeah. that movie was on. Uh, and so he's been doing it for a hot minute. But when he did The Matrix, when The Matrix came out in 1999, like that was, that, that was, that's the Keanu we all know today. That literally is. And this is officially the movie that made everything, and if you remember correctly, everything in the late 90s, early 2000s, because of The Matrix, every movie had to have sunglasses, skin tight leather, and swords. Yeah. And lots and lots of automatic weapons. Yeah. That, it literally set the bar for like action films in the whole cyberpunk action semi-horror world. But let's get back on topic. Mitchell, what's your piece today on The Matrix? Yeah, why did we choose, why, why did you choose The for Matrix? For a nostalgia piece? Well, I yeah. think right now in a world of a revolution, I mean, we're, Ooh, we're in the midst of yes. the Zion War in the second film. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where we're at right now. So, I mean, it's a perfect time to, to, to the whole trilogy. Maybe not the first one. The first one's more of the awakening of the one. And the one it's is kind of a slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one is supposedly a metaphor for uh, Jesus Christ. Like the whole idea is that, you know, the reincarnate, uh, they use that. But also, like, this movie makes you question reality. And this movie points out so many things that are so on, a, on an understandable level where it's just like you're waking up. They literally just do a copy and paste of reality, right? Like the, the Matrix is this false reality you live in. And they, they depict like modern day 1990s New York or, you know, big city. Your desk job. Yeah, your desk job. And, <laughs> and I think everybody relates to that. You know, seeing Neo and we all feel like we're destined for more or we could do better or we could be a part of this bigger thing and we're all just waiting for somebody to come and wake us up you know but you know for in reality it's not like that for us but in this movie it really kind of drives the need to feel that and and to seek that awakening out right because like nobody wants to just work a nine to five to job until they die so this movie really right now rings home and also like it just I like where your head's at mm-hmm. <laughs> well right now it also just like points to the fact that like question your reality like and that's that's has been like a philosophy this movie and fight club are like kind of the movies that like shaped my Sounds like those very formative to your yeah kind of yeah psychological experience yeah question everything like nothing is as it seems right and so no matter what is going on like i've always looked at things and from the observer perspective and taking a step back from what is being narrated by other people and like, like what's actually happening right because there's so many things like even back when 9-11 happened right like so many people were dead set that 9-11 was this terrible thing that happened. and it was of course obviously a terrible thing yeah right but now years and years later i went to a seminar at willamette university about about 9-11 and how it's just like if scientifically impossible for that that sort of tragedy to have happened Whoa. without yeah dude like sure. the whole and the biggest argument is steel beams don't melt from jet fuel. That was the first thing that went that popped up as the steel beams. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's okay. that's the number one thing that can't be disputed. And and then uh building three, which is not nearly as well uh covered, and they have films and the, and it was for some reason being filmed. Building three there's this footage of building three just going completely from standing still to a one hundred eighty straight down drop. Whoa. I'll, seen, I'll level with you. I'm not familiar with building three. Building what? Three. Yeah. I might have been, it might, they might have called it something else, but it might not be building three, but there's a third building on 9 11 that completely gets collapsed. What building was it? The, the towers, okay. the Pentagon, and. Make me use my computer now. Oh, building. Yeah. It might have been building seven, building three, and nine. Because oh. shit happened three, at the Pentagon. Building nine and three quarters. Failed oh third tower, 9 11. Um. 
Yeah, we're, we're going to call it Building 3. At this point, Building 3 was a third tower in New York City that was completely uh, collapsed. That that matches identical. If you watch uh, Control Demolition, uh, it matches exactly how Control Demolition is. Like, right, and in a normal building that has some kind of fire, and they tried to claim that Building 3 had this fire that collapsed the whole building. And again, then, then that just goes back to the, uh, you know, steel beams don't melt with jet fuel. Like it has to be some form of explosion because it, they just don't melt at that temperature. So uh, yeah, I went to this like university talk at Willamette where this guy is just providing all these detailed facts. About, How long ago was this? Uh, this was like 2016. Okay, okay, right on. Yeah, several years ago. I feel like I heard about this talk and didn't go to it. Swain, yeah. were you on the campus? I was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, Whoa. I know, right? Uh, so I went with a friend of mine. And we went, <laughs> it was super informative, and it was it wasn't anything I hadn't heard before. But I, it was the first time that somebody had presented this information in a way that was so concise and well articulated, and like backed up by like like science and you know they've gone through and done the research and, and they have their evidence. Yeah, yeah. It's like their, here's okay. here's what the here's the burning point of steel at Celsius. Here's the burning point of jet fuel at any given temperature, and it's just like there's a three thousand degree temperature difference between. Jet Jet fuel and steel melting, and there's absolutely no way that these that the uh, the pictures and the evidence of 9/11 okay. could possibly okay. be because of a plane impact. Unpopular opinion. So, uh, whether, so whether it's 2016 Mitchell seeing this lecture at Willamette or 2020 Mitchell schooling us on the Matrix here in this cool spooky <laughs> in this in this super cyber tech garage yeah. not located anywhere near near Portland. Um, how would you say that these these statements and like those stories in the lecture have any parallels with like what you've seen in the matrix well back. right so and yeah, um, yeah. That fucking great question right exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so i'm interested in and, and yeah no and this is exactly because of keanu's character right so okay. he in the beginning of the movie right is this kind of like like you said cyberpunk he's a cyber hacker yeah. uh he sells uh these these corrupt programs to people who are using them for evil i mean he's he's the epitome of the black market or you know the dark web i'll hack all your computers. yeah he's the guy who literally is building those viruses to bring things down or actually i think it might have even been drugs cyber drugs have you heard about these things dude there's these pro- there's these like there's these programs that you can like find online where they're like called like they used to be called binarial beats and they're, like, they're like, <laughs> dude they play these these rhythms and these frequencies and if you listen to them like like the proper what? headphones they will fuck your shit up they will fuck your brain up by just listening it, it's just this like it, yeah and they just take you through your brain through these frequencies and it's just like this sounds very wide UK, so i believe you i do believe you dude i did it a friend showed me like this one certain one when i when i was at willamette a friend of mine i was working with there showed me this one uh, and had these headphones on. I like, freaked out, ripped my headphones off, and all <gasps> no, all of a sudden I could hear the Xbox. Like there was this, and and I'm a pretty intuitive person. I'm pretty aware of like my audio surroundings. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely serious. And I took these headphones off after listening to them for a few minutes, and like was odd. My I was audio tripping. Like I heard sounds I've never heard in a dormant quiet room before. And I'd been in the, the apartment room plenty of times. Did it feel like an auditory hallucination? Absolutely. Literally? Yeah. Like I, dude, it, it did something to my brain where like I was like listening to sounds that I, I normally you would just block out because it's white noise normally. Whoa. Yeah. Just, like the silent dead Xbox. Like, Xbox is completely turned off. It's plugged in. It's not making any sound. And like after listening to this like binary beat, took my headphones off and all of a sudden I could hear the, the stationary hum of the electricity in the Xbox because it produced like some weird frequency is trippy. What the f- it's good stuff. That yeah. Is. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't mess around with that a ton. <laughs> 
there's there's a whole that is frightening yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff like there's like healing uh beats and like you like there's like whole, like chakra beats like healing love intellect like there's a there's a whole plethora of binario beats out there that like are designed mm. to like help you i don't like it yeah. sounds too much like when i got trapped in a dad mouse song when i was doing spice Boots and Back cats when I was 18. Cats. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like a repressed memory right there. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Grish. But back to the ma- but back It sounds to very Y2K though. Yeah. So I get why this is going to be synonymous with an event like the Matrix. You know? Yeah. But Neo in his in, in his film. yeah in the in the beginning of the film, you know, he he's aware that something else is out there, and he's spending all this time looking for Morpheus and looking for you know like when he's sitting down with Morpheus for the first time, and he's like, you know what the question is? He's like what is the matrix right like he knows what it is but he doesn't know what it is at the same time he knows he's looking for this thing that exists but he has no idea what it is where it is you know how it exists or how it functions and so like to me for this it's kind of like one of the situations where it's like trust your instincts man like he didn't really have any proof to go on other than this hunch in the movie about this incredible thing that he knows he's looking for but he knows he's look he you know he knows he bought the ticket and he took the ride yeah exactly and then you know morpheus shows it to him and he you know it's more than he can handle uh and that's like you know you know they use the alice in wonderland reference they're like you know you know you you ever feel like alice tumbling down the rabbit hole you ever ask yourself how far does the rabbit hole go you know like that whole scene like that that's the perfect metaphor for you know seeking out like a more definite reality so like all these things happen and all these narratives are existing and we all exist together and everyone has their own perspective and there's a general narrative that we all buy into but there's a deeper and more in-depth reality existing that we ignore or don't know about and it has so much more depth than just like these things that we we are focused on right now and you know like the system systemic like wealth indifference i think is one of those big ones that that gets overlooked like everything Mm -hmm. comes back to wealth inequality Mm -hmm. and so i think right now is a good time to go back watch the matrix look at this this movie interesting yeah as a guide and and realize that you know reality that you know may not be the reality that exactly 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 and this Mm -hmm. is why i like your takeaway because what i was going to add is essentially this this mundane you know gray life that keanu Reeves, his character, uh, you know, is going for the movie. It's like he has the wool over his eyes. And then, you know, in the event that he should choose to do so, Morpheus can remove that wool, that wool. And all that reality really is, is just a life, a dystopian crisis nightmare (laughs) where, where human beings gave so much power into technology to craft this perfect utopia. But essentially the AI became, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it was uh, self-aware. The AI became self-aware, and it, and in its omnipotence, cre- just took 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 everything the human beings created and created its own super utopia, where even yeah, you know, having a pulse is is not you're not superior enough to, to exist. Yeah, Morphe says we don't know who struck first, but we know that we scorched the sky it's because they were they were powered on solar power. It is and rather so, frightening. Yeah, so like a war that goes back so far at, at this point in the in the the current reality of the Matrix, you know he's talking about like at this point we don't know who started the war but we do know that we destroyed the planet in a final act to survive it is most definitely eerie eerie and off awfully weirdly on brand for 2020 Mm -hmm. so who knows who's gonna try and scorch the sky well we're not super dependent on solar power right now but like if we were we are dependent on our technology though but as a general (laughs) metaphor yeah i feel like a lot of us are waking up to a reality that we're not really comfortable with and we're deciding whether we're gonna yeah 
whether we're going to kind of buy into the, you know, consumerist, you know, shopping spree a day keeps the mental demons at bay yeah. model or. I do like my retail therapy. <laughs> Likewise. I do like my retail therapy. Well, yeah. And we all do as, <laughs> as evidenced by the fact that Jeff Bezos of Amazon right. made a goddamn killing during the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, gosh, we are yes. all using Amazon as our, you know, massive therapist right now. This is what I've been saying for since since 2012, man. Like this is this stuff is not new, and I think that's my biggest thing right now is like none of these problems, none of this thing, everything that's going on right now. Not to go back all the way, I don't want to go back to, but like none of this stuff is new. This stuff has been going since the 1900s, maybe even earlier. Like all of the problems that we have are all based upon wealth inequality and and keeping. Oh, this, yeah. This, been going back in different iterations yeah. for far longer than before that. we even founded America, right? Like before we even came here, it was wealth inequality that led the people to revolt and have the British Tea Party, which led people to want to be free from taxes and then founded America. Well, and yeah, what do you think caused the French Revolution? <laughs> exactly. And then they guillotined so many people over the fact that normal fucking people couldn't access bread. And then we came over. And we took, you know, land away from people. That's a that's a big downfall. But also then they uh, they sent people over here. They sent the banks over here to invade the colonies and and reestablish a, a, a standardized currency. And we kicked the fuck out and then they came back. And that's how we have centralized banking now is that they came in and we were like, get the fuck out of here. And then somebody created the gold standard. And, and we One bought of these days. Can you do like a fucked up nostalgia trip on like why we like banks in America? We like banks because and they're why convenient. Bad. Yeah. Capitalism and you, a history lesson by Mitchell Hill. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'd have to do more research. I'm kind of rusty. I just like try to ignore it now because it's so dark. It's so deep. The uh, the whole fractal banking system is one of those things like, now we're talking fractal banking systems. There's so much imaginary money right now. Like there is billions and billions of dollars of imaginary money that doesn't exist and debt that needs to be paid back that doesn't exist have we talked about this? No, we haven't. Should we talk about I'm, this? I'm going to say that this, yes, we should, Not but tonight. I'm going to say that it should be. Look at that. Alex is just like, what? Much, uh, much like how this subject is cryptic and dark and awe-inspiring, yet at the same time makes you want to question your reality. How, how is this ultimately towards with the conclusion and the resolution of the first Matrix film? Uh, how, can you enlighten us, Mitchell? How do you feel this all what comes... What would I do without you? How does this all come full circle, Mitchell? That's what I really want to know. Because these are all great topics. Right. And I'm, I'm hungry for knowledge. Like, freaking, like, it's a PBS episode of Arthur, and I'm that motherfucking aardvark wanting to put his... Put his Tongue. How does, how does it all? Well, I want to put my tongue in, in the ant's hole. All up in that. <laughs> all up in the ant's hole of knowledge. Right. All but, up in the ant hole of knowledge. Yeah, baby. Seriously, <laughs> give me, give me those, give me that ant eater tongue. Uh, <laughs> so how? Seriously, so, who is this man's writer? I don't know. Well, we're getting, we're not paying ours enough apparently to, or we need to pay them more or something or. And I remember because we have we have the, the, the plot essentially, you know, you have like this whole, okay, here's this whole network of underground and the machines fucked everything yeah. up. And then you have Trinity and you have Morpheus and the rest of the gang. Right. And like, you know, essentially, hey, we can't leave this this little hellhole of a community because uh, monsters, no, machines will F us up. And then, you know, you have this whole, like they're plugging into this matrix where, you know, they, they can download these weapons. Right. These, real you know, reality is uh, not yeah. real. Sort of, and they're performing kind of like these uh, these proxy wars and these these missions and battles against. I guess the only the only sliver of a of a face you have for these machines as an enemy is, is Hugo Weaving's character, which is Agent Smith. Smith. Oh, 
Well, dude, I'll tell you this. Um, on a side note, my yeah. my dad was telling me, and I don't talk to my dad very much, but when I was talking to my dad for a small period of time, uh, my dad was telling me that like there are people in the world that exist that have these capabilities. And this is going to sound like he's a total fucking nut. And he might be, but I don't think so. My dad's always seemed like he's had a pretty level head. Okay. He's, you know, he's always had a job, pays his bills, um, you know, was was absent <laughs> as a child. No, but seriously, uh, he was telling me that he's had these experiences with these people that he's known that like 12 foot vertical leap, like onto a basketball hoop and like, what dude yeah like things that like you just i can't believe it i would have to see it to believe it but yeah. no i'm telling you though like this he's not that type of person to just make weird shit up though like like we it took me a long while to, of talking to him to get me to like tell this story he's not like that crazy uncle who's just like well this one time i was wrestling a grizzly bear and i took out my back wallet and i had a credit card and i shoved it into his nose and the bear let me go you know, like he doesn't do that like it's, it was <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he's really level headed. But he does live in the middle of nowhere. No, he doesn't. He lives in the, the heart of Portland. So this is your father being as raw he as possible. Did live in the middle of nowhere. That was like one time, and that was like for yeah. So my dad also went into the woods for like six months and survived with uh, his dog. Raw. Uh, yeah. Raw. Yeah. That's pretty sick. That's yeah. a fucking crazy story. So he's not, he's a man of means. He knows what he's doing. And he knows how to take yeah, care. He's of seen some shit clearly. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> he's seen so, some shit. Okay. Um, so yeah, him telling me these like stories of these people he's met, like apparently, the, and then one of the other things he did is like there is uh, people like meditating constantly in order to like raise the frequency of the, like the planet. Like there's like people dedicated in these certain like religions that Whoa. are just like constantly meditating to like maintain the just the balance of the planet, and so we don't just fall into complete disarray. I'm guessing they stopped Good meditating. Seriously, I'm guessing they gave up this year. This they is like, a couple out. dudes yeah, dropped this, out. This is yeah. the year they're saying like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Fuck this shit, yeah. I'm this, out. This is our Fuck gap here. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, maybe you know, maybe maybe he had some insight on that. But yeah. Uh, so so to his accord, there are there are things that can that can be seen uh, that you just can't believe unless you see it. And and I would believe I would believe it again. You just had to have been there. Yeah. And again, after my you know my my raising through the matrix and fight club and you know what i mean like just thinking for myself there are a lot of things in this world i don't understand so at this point like nothing's off limits nothing's nothing's beyond fair enough you know what i mean like like there are crazy things happen all the time you've seen kung fu fighters there are people who can do you know uh in the martial arts can do a triple spinning kick and kick something that's 12 feet off off the air you know what i mean like i could never do that and, and i mean i got mad at you today for doing an ollie and i couldn't understand the physics <laughs> exactly and i did witness it yeah yeah i did <laughs> three years off my skateboard i can oh yeah mitch blades is uh is skateboarding again oh yeah. shit yeah. The, the awakening yeah it's uh, the second coming yeah you never he said he's a skater boy do, 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 but do. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so like things like that dude i've seen things on skateboards that i I would if I hadn't spent ten plus years skateboarding, I would just be like, "That's impossible. That that's impossible. There's no way somebody can do that." But you see it, right? And so I think right. it's a and there's such a, you have to have such a honed mindset, like like Neo and it the all Matrix. makes sense now. Yeah, you have to have such yeah. a honed mindset, or you have to have a program downloaded into you that believe. You know, he's beginning to believe. You have it, to believe. Yeah, you have to believe. And that, oh my God, you finally, oh, it finally came full circle. Keep going, Mitchell, keep going, go, 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 go. Yeah, and, and, you know, like guys like Nigel Houston, uh, who are 
who can just literally just grind 20 stair rails and, and 20 stair rails. That's two story buildings and a tiny rail with a piece of wood and metal under his feet. And he makes it look like he's not even trying. You know, he just goes up and he just glides down it. He's flying down a two story building. And he, it just looks like it's something that you could just, you know, you just walking up. You would think it was the Matrix happening. Yeah, yeah. If you, if it wasn't such a common thing, if you saw, if you came from, you know, the middle of uh, Arkansas and you've never seen television, you've never seen a skateboard, and you walked oh, up to to a twenty stair, and Nigel Houston comes up and just glides down this rail, it would be like watching Neo dodge bullets. Freaking literally, it is amazing how the human ability to persevere and push boundaries is almost kind of like tearing tearing that wool off of your eyes. You're tapping into something that you think just because you can't see it yeah. doesn't mean that it doesn't fucking exist. And, and all that is professional profound. Mitchell, Mitchell yeah. Herring, everyone. Thank all you. professional athletes will agree. You know what I mean? It's a mindset. And and just like the Matrix, him when when he's dodging bullets and stuff, it's the same thing. And that's why it's so re- relatable because, yeah, he's dodging so cool. bullets. Yeah. And that is... That is that is all I have to say about the Matrix. I think I think I've made my point. Solid take. Thank you. I like your takeaway here. <laughs> Despite being a huge monument to cyberpunk culture, a huge staple on action movies in the late '90s and the 2000s, and what would be the super super duper kickstart into the adult phase of Keanu Reeves' career, <laughs> we thank you all for enjoying uh, our take on the Matrix this week. Come back and check us out for some more nostalgia trips. I would love to have a good one-on-one and talk more about the Matrix Reloaded and the final film in the series, <laughs> The Matrix Revolutions. Mitchell, thank you so much for your profound description of how The Matrix performing in reality, whether you're an athlete or a human being, can come full circle. Thank you so much, Mitchell. I really appreciated that. Fuck yeah. Take your dick out. <laughs> Sorry, we're, st- we're still going. Sorry, my bad. I hit the, I hit the pause button. We're back. <laughs> we, we didn't go anywhere. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chewski, do you have a brewski? Ayo, da 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 da, Marchewski, da 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 da, he's got da 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 da, brewskis. Ayo, we're coming at you as the conclusion of our podcast each week. We talk about beers we like. So if there's two things that me and Mitchell and Celine enjoy, it's lots and lots of tasty craft beer and getting a buzz. And this week, it's all about this beer coming <laughs> at you from. Oregon's very own Hood River. It's humbly offered, proudly crafted, and I guarantee you there's probably some assets in a bank account that a couple family members are arguing about while they talk <laughs> about other topics like... A lot of allegations about a family brewing co. John John Deere tractors and and, and other things that Oregon's... Like, like, you know how they have letter Kenny problems? They need to make like a Multnomah County problems. And like, I would watch that. I'd probably get a kick out of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's and my hops that brew that beer. Most definitely. And this was hand-selected by our friends here. Uh, Selene, what do you call this beer again? This is the... This, this man... Freem. Is called the... Freem. 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 Free my PA. Free my PA, straight from Hood River, Oregon. Um, so far, I've been enjoying the beer during the duration of our podcast this week. I love the can artwork. As we know, Alexander Marchewski is big on aesthetics, vanity of vanities, the black and the gold. If there's two colors mm-hmm. that contrast, really, really fucking nice. It's black and Some gold. Bam Margera him shit right there. Hey, yeah. Minimalist artwork, but it's snazzy because the gold. Most definite Sally. It's very regal. It's even got a lion on it. Oh, wait, nope. I, I, that's a bear. bear. That it's is, a bear with a fedora. That is a bear wearing a fedora. Yep. So it, Every time I see a bear wearing a fedora, I'm like, ah, shit, a lion. <laughs> I realize it's just a bear in a fedora. Lions and tigers so and bear. Oh, my. 
And when I say bear here, this is a bear. In fact, we're talking about a real animal bear. It's got paws. It's got a nose. It looks like two eyes. And it somehow managed to ascertain some kind of foundational level of humanity. And now it has fashion sense and can wear a hat. Autonomously, yeah. a snazzy hat too. Like it's got like a little feather yeah, it's, in the back. Yeah, it's fresh. It's fresher yeah. than no, a mother. No, he's he's a style conscious bear. Yeah, this is definitely a bear with GPS. And, and it makes sense because I have to say I've been to the Freem Brewery, and it's a very snazzy and stylish brewery. So yeah. I would assume that any bear that goes there, would everybody be there snazzy is wearing and flannels, has a beard, slick back wax hair, mm-hmm. uh, and does and refuses to talk to their mother. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. I talked to a bunch of people there. I was like, do you talk to your mom? And they were like, no, I don't fucking talk to my mom. No maternal onslaught in sight. And much with the freshness of this bear's personal style, this beer is fresh indeed. It's definitely got that, that aroma of papaya. Not my, not my first round draft pick as far as what you put in a beer, but the papaya <laughs> notes, they're definitely there. Uh, it's, got the, it's, got, it's got notes of pine, and I, 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 just, I love myself some pine. As I know, a young, a young Mitchell Herring uh, on his camping trips would actually hide... Uh, pine needle underneath his tongue for rehydration. This is, this is fact. Mm-hmm. This fact. is fact. He was always the most hydrated boy on the trip. Tastes like lemon. Literally. He was a young man versus the wild. He yeah. did what he had to do. They call me bear. Uh, they call me cub grills. He was the cub, cub grills. grills. Yeah. He was the cub grills before bear grills even freaking existed. Yeah, bro. Literally. I did it first as a and cub. And you didn't even have to drink your own urine. I did not, but I definitely ate a dried beetle. You did. A hot. dead dried beetle. Most definitely. You see, he was a master of the wild before Bear Grylls even set foot. How was that, by the way? The the dead beetle? Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah? Was it, was, it a rhinoceros beetle? No, it made me... You saw the video. It wasn't a rhinoceros beetle, but it was, uh, wasn't was a tiny beetle. It was, that crunch was real. Those are... Th- well, I bet the, con- the crunch was especially real because it was dead. Probably was a little, <laughs> uh, dehydrated. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, it was probably better than eating a live one because it was more like eating like rusty chips. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Rust- rusty chips versus like a-, a beetle with like, you know, sploosh in it. Right. You know, squeezing its You didn't guts have that fruit my- gushers experience. Yeah. It's not like it's the Lion King where the Lion King, just, the animation makes it look like it's a delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> You did not have Dude, that I did go through a phase when I was a kid after watching The Lion King where I was obsessed with eating grubs. Like, I really wanted to find a fat, juicy grub to eat. And I Yum. ended up settling for these, uh, like, push pops that my mom <laughs> bought that had, like, it was, like, you know, a push pop, but then it had, like, gummy uh, fucking vermin hey, in it. Hey, that's the move right there. Oh, man. Much like these nostalgia trips with movies, like, we should have a segment on, like, nostalgic snacks and candy one of these days. Mm. Oh, my freaking gosh. I remember every time I ate one of the little juicy candies in there, I was just like, hmm, juicy and satisfying. Slimy and yet satisfying. Don't yet satisfying. Fucking I, butcher- I butchered it. Yeah, I butchered you butchered it. it. Juicy and satisfying. Disrespect Walt Disney in his dead ass grave. <laughs> and, his, All right. and his unholy. All right. Give me a knife. I'll go commit spooku now. Oh, it's okay. I need you around for this. Juicy and tasty, oh. just like this IPA from the Frame Group, the Frame Family. <laughs> just like the, the sweatpants right I from, wear to bed that right say from, juicy. Right from Hood River, Oregon. I want to give Frame IPA four out of five flipped riv- Jefferson River floats out of 10. I will support that. There, yeah. Yeah, you're coming in with four out of five? Four I, out of five uh, river floats, yeah. I, actually, oh, wait, no. I, well, I said that out of 10. 
Pfft, oh, that's out of 10. four um, out of 10. I was, not, I was not terribly impressed by this beer. Oh, here we go. But um, I will talk it up because it does look cool. Um, the taste, marginally, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's remiss, but it is comparable to your average uh, convenience store IPA. And um, I would, Conveniently where it was picked up? How did you know? And I will, I will give this IPA more of a chance in the future. Cons- it's not a bad beer. I Yes. You know, I'm not like, I don't take a sip of it and I'm like, I, I really would rather I hadn't. It's just, it's beer. It's definitely a beer you buy at the store. Mm-hmm. But because it tastes of, like an IPA. But because of its fondness for the uh, the uh, the Ursa Major constellation noted by the bear on the can artwork, <laughs> and also by having New Orleans Saints colors who almost went to the playoffs that one time, I will <laughs> humbly bump up the Freem IPA from four out of five to flipped five. over floats on the Jefferson River to a good 7.2 burning your hand at the Pizza Hut in Albany, Oregon out of 10. Thank you. I don't even know what 7.5 burning your hand I think at the we pizza all know means. what that means. They if ser- you don't know what it means, you're drinking the wrong beer. They serve the pizza so. to me a little too fast. And of course, you know me, I'm a hungry boy. So as soon as I see the za, I grab the pizza too fast. I burn my fingers. As long as the dough is not gushy or mushy oh, or yeah. pushy. We got a gushy dough today. Anyway, because if you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. Thank you all again for joining us here at the March and Mitch show with Celine Stannis Pond. It was a pleasure talking to you about the fever 333 precognitive detectives using technology to figure out self-harm crimes, Mm -hmm. as well as learning about the Matrix, today's social climates and a beer that we'll be enjoying maybe in the future, depending on our mooditudes. Thank you all so much for joining us at the March and Mitch show. Peace be unto you. Each day, each night in memory, please take care. And if you need help, please don't forget to reach out. Lots of people want to see you continue living. If you need somebody to reach out to in the moment, don't forget to text 741741. You can be the change, whether it's in your life or someone else's. Believe in the change and become it. Well, now I just feel like an asshole because, you know, like you want to end on this lovely note and, and, I, and I still have to plug the thing. So, you know. Uh, yes, we care about you, but you know who also cares about you? Audible. Audible the is a great way. The place that you can find yourself listening, uh, dis, uh, disassociating. You know where you can find self-help books? You know where you can Audible.com. find self-help books? Audibletrial.com slash March. Forward slash March. We now have an official sponsor. This is the second plug. We're going to put one in the beginning that you have already listened to by this point. But yeah. But we didn't listen to it. Yeah. So Audible trial.com forward slash smart you can find all the self-help uh self-improvements or just fantasy fiction my favorite uh top-notch audible book i've been i have seven credits i haven't spent but i have so many books to listen to uh my favorite right now fight club the martian uh the obsession all these books the obsession was great the accepts the accept, the obsession and I'm listening to the martian currently the obsession by Nora roberts uh the martian by andy weir some of the best audiobooks not because also, i don't know if you if anybody has been on like a nostalgia trip for their like favorite books when they were a kid Aww. but i've been listening to a lot of artemis fowl lately because that was one of my favorite books when i was growing up those i remember those stellar I was like- fucking fall asleep to your favorite childhood classic yeah and also, uh, for the pure reason, if we're going to be honest here, uh, support the show. If you want to, do- if you want to donate to us, you can donate to us 
but also uh, you can get yourself a free subscription for 30 days. It's free as free 30 day trial. Um, most importantly, you're going to provide us with the funding to continue doing the show because mm-hmm. it does cost money. Uh, nothing's free. And if you just, again, if you just want to try it for 30 days, cancel within the 30 days, you get the free, you get the free credit, you get to listen to a free book and you get to support the show. We do receive $15 for each subscription, which is super important to us because that yeah. covers about a we month. We would be straight grateful. Yeah. It covers about a month of, uh, what it costs to put this show and continue the episodes being live and available to listen to. So yeah, do us a huge favor. Audibletrial.com. And seriously, Imagine if you if imagine if you personally sign up and you get this Audible subscription, you pay for one month of us to be able to. No, you don't have to pay for anything. Well, you by signing up, Audible pays us. You pay for us to be available for one month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you by signing up get Audible to pay for one month. Yeah, one subscription uh, per month equals that we can we can do this for one more month. But then if you get your best friend to sign up as well. That means that we each get five. That's the gift that keeps on giving. We each get like $5 Don't say that. We're not doing that. We're gonna, it goes toward the next month. We're not paying at dividends yet. We're not, we're not a Fortune 500 company. Stop this whole fantasy about getting paid. We're not getting paid. I'm just saying. I'm going to buy a Lambo. <laughs> we're not getting paid. Stop that. The real prize I'm is really sharing. I'm excited for my Lambo. Oh, my gosh. The real prize is sharing your favorite stories, whether they be <laughs> fantasy, fantasy, fiction, autobiographies, Audible.com has all the stuff you want to listen to. Whoa, 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 whoa. Most not, of the stuff. Not audible.com. Audible. Audible trial forward slash March. Forward slash March. Audible trial That's forward slash audible Have we said it enough? March. Do people get it yet? I'm going to use. What? Have we said what enough? Audible, audible trial forward slash March. Audible trial.com forward slash March. Audible trial.com forward slash March. I'm going to use this trial to download my favorite <laughs> audiobook. The story called Aragon. It's a story about Ooh, a kid. That's a good one. There's about so a kid. many good books. Yes. Did you know that that dude was like 16 when he wrote that book? Yo, what? When that book was published, Christopher Paolini was 16 years old. What? I need, hey. the, I need the wrap it up sign. Let's wrap it up, B. Let's wrap it up, It's the story <laughs> about how a kid finds a dragon and both of them together uh, decide to write a story about how Harry Potter and, and Luke Skywalker. Yep. Anyways, thanks for checking out the March Mitch show. Go to the Audible trial forward slash March and check it out. Everyone have fun. Stay safe out there.